I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Um, to bring you behind the curtain, we are recording this prior to the England game. So, uh, so if we both sound particularly positive, it's because we've not watched the England game as of yet. Um, so we're going to uh, we're going to be continuing our sophomore scrutiny series. We're going to be looking at the uh, the second year quarterbacks and tight ends. But before we do that, I've got a very exciting um, announcements giveaway uh, competition that we're going to be running. So, um, as some of you may or may not be aware, the uh, the chosen charity for Five Yard Rush this year is unique. Um, the 24th of June is Unique Awareness Day, uh, and this whole week is a u- unique awareness week in general. Uh, so with Unique being so close to our hearts and affecting us so close to home, we wanted to try and do more to raise awareness, but also to raise some much needed funds for Unique, uh, who provide support and care for those who need it most. So we got together and we decided to do uh, a little bit of a raffle of prizes. So there's quite a few different prizes that you could win. Uh, To enter, it's very simple. You just have to donate £3.12p to Unique via our pinned tweet or the Just Given page. Uh, We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, Any donation that's divisible by £3.12, so for example, £6.24, 
donation gets you two entries and so on. For those wondering why £3.12, uh, it's an important date for our guy Pitsy and his family who unique provides some much needed relief and care when needed. Uh, so as I said, there's a whole host of prizes. Uh, so the prizes include a Dynasty roster breakdown um, by myself and Liam, um, a one hour Dynasty Zoom session with me talking through roster, off-season strategy, potential trades, basically anything you want, you've got me for an hour. Um, a limited edition, unique five-yard rush T-shirt. Uh, six spots in the unique scoring best ball league that we're going to be running. Um, and myself and Stocks have put together the scoring. And when I say that is unique, that is completely mind-blowing, the scoring. So it's going to be great fun. Um, and also a paper copy of the playbook. So the competition closes on the 5th of July and the winners will be announced that week. So once again, if you want to get entering, you need to donate £3.12 or any number that is divisible by £3.12 to our Just Given page. Um, it will be on the show notes and on the pinned tweet. So diving into the show, Liam, first of all, how are you doing? Not bad, thank you. Uh, as you were saying, just that that's a great cause and we, we need to support it as it's our uh, as it's our chosen charity and i for one will be donating um i won't be joining the raffle because i don't want it to look a bit fixed but uh, <laughs> we, we i will definitely be donating so if you if you have anything that you can spare that is a great cause and i know that fancy twitter do a lot of other causes so if you fancy something like that as well go for it and um, how are you doing, Rich? How's things going? Yeah, good. Nervous um, for the England game? Very nervous. I described it to somebody earlier as a lose-lose. I think, you know, as, as disappointing as the Scotland result was, it, you know, I think we set our stall to not lose and that's what we did. And I think tonight everybody's expecting a nice, easy win. So if we win, it was expected. And, and if it's not a nice, easy win, then hell's frozen over and I'm not looking forward to reason, reading the papers in the morning. Um but yeah, and enough about England football. It's it's depressing as it is. Let's uh, let's dive in some quarterbacks and tight ends. So before we dive in, I mean, it was a a pretty crazy quarterback class. Obviously, we had three big names at the top, but also I think some interesting names sneaking into that. Obviously, late first round and second round. As a whole, where do you kind of sit on this this quarterback class? Overall, I think it's a good quarterback class. You're not going to see many classes with four solid um, starters coming out in their first year. I know that one of them we'll get to a bit later didn't really start until late on in the season. Um, but all in all, it's it's not a bad class. And I think go, for going forward in the future, it's going to be the staple of a couple of teams here or there in my dynasty leagues, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot was expected of obviously Burrow Tua, I think less so of Herbert. And I don't think anybody expected Jordan Love or Jalen Hurts to be anything. So um, I guess after a year, we'd probably class this as a slightly overachieving class. Um, but let's, let's dive into each guy as, uh, as we do. So the one Oh one, in let's be honest, the, the NFL draft, the ma vast majority of Superflex drafts um, was indeed Joe Burrow. He obviously had a, a decent start before suffering 
one of the most horrific knee injuries I think I've seen. Um, sorry for laughing at that. It was, yeah, not, not laughable. It was pretty disgusting, but seems to be making a fantastic recovery and talks that he's going to be potentially ready for part of training camp and definitely ready for week one. So Joe Burrow, do you think that last year was just a glimpse of his potential and, and he's going to be that stud of the future? Or do you think that he's kind of a, you know, a, a bit of a, 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 a lot, what I'd call a dangler in terms of fantasy and that someone that just dangles that carrot, dangles that hope in front of you, but never quite uh, kind of achieves it. What do you think, Lynn? It would, it would be funny for the rest of the league, but not for the Bengals if he turned out to be a second Andy Dalton. Um, but I very much doubt that that's what's going to happen. I truly believe that he's going to be one of the top dynasty assets in the next couple of years um, at the least. He, he finished the season as the QB 23. So it's not a great um, way to finish the season. But he, as you said, he had that injury. And I believe he missed, what, six or seven weeks? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah I think he was. Staying as the QB 23 during that period is not bad at all when you miss three or four weeks, or six or seven weeks. Sorry. I think part of that so, just shows how many quarterbacks actually missed time last year, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. So um, as he's going as the QB9, I think that it's a great opportunity to go and get him at the... But he's going as the first round. Uh, he's going in the first round of every startup. I don't think I've seen one where he isn't. It, it's really difficult to go and get him. But if you do get him, he's going to set you up for years and years. And you're not going to need to worry about the quarterback position. I just hope that that offensive line does pull something together this year. Yeah, I think for me, in startups, where he's going, it's just a place where I'm I'm uncomfortable taking a quarterback, if I'm being brutally honest. And it's... For me, I think there's there's a top five. Some would argue that Justin Herbert should be included in that top five to make it a top six. For me, not so. And then you've obviously got Deshaun Watson, whatever you want to do with him, and then you've got this Trevor Lawrence. And I think that you can throw Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow in that same sort of tier for me. But I just can't spend a first-round start-up pick on someone like Joe Burrow. If he falls to me in the second, fantastic. But I would rather wait the the round, half a round, and take a Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, Matthew Stafford as my QB1. I just can't bring myself to spend the the capital in a startup for Joe Burrow. Um, that being said, if I've got him on my roster, I'm really happy. I think that, you know, let's be honest, this time next year, we're probably talking about the Bengals as having the best, if not, you know, top three receiver core in the league. I, I truly believe that T Higgins and Jamar Chase are as a 1A, 1B option are going to be incredible. Um, and I do think that he's got sneaky rushing upside. It'll be interesting to see how that shapes up post-injury, whether we see him rush less or not. But I do think that he's a stud and I think where he's going is, is about right. I just think that he's a tier below for me, those top five. And therefore, if, if I'm not getting one of those top five in the first round, I'm, I'm definitely not comfortable taking Joe Burrow as that, you know, QB7, QB8, QB9 that he's, he's going at the moment. I think it's really interesting with the way that you said that you're not comfortable taking him in the first because 
the way that startups are going at the moment, or at least the ones that I've seen, you're seeing probably the first seven or eight of the first 10 picks going as QBs and having a young QB set you up for a long, long time. And although dynasties don't, or dynasty leagues don't tend to stay around for the lifetime of a quarterback, it's still going to set you up for a point where you don't have to worry about a retirement or anything along those lines. I think with Burrow, he's got the weapons. I think it's just the offensive line that really scares me, but I can see the Bengals sorting that out next year. They drafted a guy this year in the second. They're getting Jonah Williams back, I think is the name. Yeah, Jonah Williams. Um, and they signed Riley Reef in free agency. So, you know, exactly. they're, they're spending so, spending resources there, definitely. I think you the point you made there about age, that's one of my, I guess, biggest passions about Dynasty as a whole. I think that whilst, yes, I agree with you, if you can get a stud quarterback that's, you know, 23, 24, you know, uh, someone like a, a, let's be honest, a Patrick Mahomes, you can pencil that in for being your Dynasty quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. Where I have an issue is I think that we overhype young quarterbacks too quickly and we give up production for age without that production being guaranteed. And I just think of Baker Mayfield was going as the QB3 two years ago. And I Please think don't that, remind me of that. But, I, and, I was one of those people that drafted him way too yeah. high. Carson Wentz was a, a top five QB. Um, you know, Drew Locke, I saw go in the second round of startups last year. I just think that for me, we everybody's worrying about someone like Russell Wilson because they're slightly getting up in age. Realistically, Russell Wilson's going to be a starting quarterback and a, a QB1 fantasy for the next four or five years. There is no other position where if I'm getting four or five years of production from a guy, am I worrying about his age? Yet for some reason, a quarterback... Once someone gets the 30, we're like, oh, I need to be moving on. Even though, you know, I'm, give me Russell Wilson for the next five years over most quarterbacks outside that top five. And I think that for me, it's if I've got a choice of Joe Burrow in the, at the back end of the first or Russell Wilson in the early second, give me Russell Wilson in the early second every day of the week. Because I think that over the next two, three years, I'm fairly convinced that Russell Wilson's going to overproduce Joe Burrow. And yes, in, in three, four, maybe five years' time, I'm going to have a declining asset, whereas Joe Burrow will likely be hitting his prime. But there's no guarantee that Joe Burrow's going to hit that prime. And we've seen an absolute lorry load of high-priced young QBs that have suddenly turned into pumpkins in their second and third year. And, I mean, you just scroll through a list of any... ADP startups, you know, but as I said, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, they were all top 10 QBs at one point. And I worry that I'm, that's not me sitting here saying Joe Burrow is not going to turn into a good QB, but I just don't want to take that risk when I can get Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill plus for Joe Burrow. I, I get that. And with Burrow, I think other than the offensive line specifically for him and his team is the thing that scares me the most. But when I'm in a startup, where I'm taking him is 
where I'm starting to consider the running backs at that range because you're most likely seeing Christian McCaffrey, uh, some some form of Barkley, Cook, Kamara go, but you've not seen all four of them go because of the amount of QBs that go in the first round, or round and a half. So if I don't take Burrow and I'm in that later stages, uh, I'm most likely going double dip on running back, but that's the only time where I'd probably not take him there because the, the way that I find my startups to go really well is when I set a QB one and have the option of when to take a QB two. I don't, although I'm not saying that people like Aaron Rodgers, I know he's got the holdout issue for this year, but he's going to be set for the next couple of years, at least you've got Stafford, Ryan Tannehill. Again, those three are great guys to hold down the fort but I would prefer them as my QB too and have the option to go and take um, take a Burrow or some other guys in that range and then hopefully when it gets back to me I've got one of those guys to hold down a QB too then I can just take a flyer on a QB three with high upside I think it really depends on startup strategy and um, I know that one of one of the guys writing for Five Yard Dynasty at the moment, Lewis Wood, is having a look at startup strategies, and and there'll be more about that coming um, in the Five Yard Dynasty space. So just make sure you keep an eye out if you're looking for any startup tips. But with, with Burrow, I think it's more of a I love the player. The only reason I wouldn't take him is if I want to try a different strategy, and that that's where I struggle with that. Yeah, and I think this is why this offseason I've hated any startup picks that are 7 to 12, quite frankly, because unless I can trade out that first round, I'm basically taking a guy that I don't, I'm not happy with because I don't want to take any of those running backs there. I definitely don't want to take any of those receivers there. And I think that the drop-off at quarterback is significant after the top five. So I'm in a position where I'm basically saying oh dear, I've got to either trade out. If I can't trade out, I'm taking a guy that, to me, I'm kind of reaching on. And I've, I've taken Joe Burrow. I think I got him at the in the early second round in a startup this year, which, which was, let's be honest, fantastic value. But I just don't like taking a, what I consider a risk at that back end of the first. Because, you know, you said it yourself, we saw, yes, it was a very good, impressive 10 games from Joe Burrow, but we've seen him for 10 games. And plenty of quarterbacks in the NFL have turned into pumpkins after that that sort of shorter space yeah I, I'm with you I I think without if we talk about Burrow too much we're just going to sell him as a really good buy at his current price and I don't think he's a buy I think he's just where he is like you said earlier and I think in startups it really depends on what your strategy is um, so moving on, we're going to go over to Miami and have a look at Tua, who went with the fifth pick in the draft two years ago. How do you feel about Tua, Rich? Because I see him being really polarizing in the whole fantasy community. Some people really love him. Some people really hate him. I just, for me, I'm not sure on where I am. I think he's a great kind of guy to hold as a QB2 with upside, but I don't know where I'm willing to take him in a startup. What what are you thinking about him overall? 
I think, so for me, let's, I'll be honest, hold my hands up, two is probably my biggest miss of last year. So I, I had Tua as my 101. I, I had him over Burrow and I said that, you know, I, I thought that this is a guy that was, quite frankly, one, one of the most successful college quarterbacks ever. I think he was incredible in college and I thought he was just going to come into the pros and, and be exactly that. I thought he landed in a fantastic spot in Miami. Um, and I was really, really disappointed with him last year. I think... Now the only the only hope I'm holding out for is the fact that it was his hip injury that had had not fully recovered and he wasn't playing fully fit. I'm hopeful that that hip has you know we've given it another off season he's going to come back and and be fully fit. But I'll be honest, I'm scared. And at the moment, his current price so he's QB seventeen, and I don't know if you'd agree, but for me, I think that. I can't get him at QB 17 prices in any league I'm in. I think that people are valuing him as a back-end QB1. Um, I've certainly where he's going in startups that I've done this off-season. And certainly when I talk to people about trade value, that's where he's being kind of considered. I think if I can get him, you know, he's my QB 20, I think. If I could get him around there, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted. And I think he's, you know, a QB2 that's got the potential to to hit QB1 numbers. And I think that from a potential standpoint, he's probably got, let's be honest, as much potential to produce as Joe Burrow, but I'm getting him at what, a half quarter of the price that someone's paying for Joe Burrow. Um, but I just don't think that those that, that value, and I know it's DLF ADP that we're using, but I just don't think that that's realistic as to where he's going in current leagues. What, what do you think? Do you think you'd be happy paying... QB 17 prices or do you think he's he's kind of going for more than that I'm pretty much where you are QB 17 feels a bit rich for the potential risk that you're taking on with him um I I would love to know how much of last season was the hip but only time will tell on that I think as well he he didn't really have a great receiving core. I, I know Preston Williams went down um, or was injured here or there during the season. So he was thrown to guys like Jakeen Grant and, and some other guys that you wouldn't really call fantasy relevant. So he had Devonte Parker and Mike Kaziki. No, I don't. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying yeah. that that's a, that's elite elite top end talent. But let's not pretend like he was thrown to the New York Jets receiving core. Like there, there were some no. options there. Oh yeah, def- definitely options. But apart from Gesicki, I wouldn't say that there's much there. Devonte Parker, yeah, he had a fifth year breakout, and he's a good receiver. But I don't know how much of that will come down to him being a wide receiver one with a guy like Tua that needs the help at, in, within the first season at least. Um, for this year, I don't know. QB 17 feels way too rich for me. As you said, I think QB 20 is where I'd feel comfortable taking him. Um, I'm, would you... I'm really torn because, I, like you said, you were, you had him as the 101 in rookie drafts uh, last season. I had him as a 1A1B with Burrow. And I, if I had any 101s, I was trading back to the 102 and taking whoever they left, which was most likely to have. But I, I just don't see how his value is QB17 at the moment, apart from 
without with risk of sending you on another rant age yeah yeah and i think it's it's an interesting thought is that at the moment how many of those rookies would you take over to her right now so as in the rookie qbs i'm talking about how many would you take over to her if we were in a startup right now definitely burrow and herbert um no, sorry. I mean this 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 year's oh, current rookies. Oh, this year's current rookies. So, taking T Law, I'm massively high on Fields, so I'm taking Fields as well. Lance, I'm skeptical about, so I think I'd have them. I think I'd have Lance slightly higher, but I think I've got them very similar. And Zach Wilson, I like at his price, but I don't know where I've got him compared to two. Or I think again they're really similar because I'm I'm much lower on Lance than consensus is right now. Yeah, so so two is currently going behind the top three. So he's going after Lawrence, after Fields, after Lance, but ahead of Zach Wilson. And for me, I'd I'd rather take the risk on Zach Wilson because I think the price is less, um, and I think that head to head. I don't see any difference between Tua and Zach Wilson. I think they're similar similar prospects coming out. I think, yes, Tua was incredibly more productive, but I think Zach Wilson's probably got more arm talent. And I think that in terms of receiver cores, now I appreciate I'm a bit higher on the Jets receivers this year than most, but I think they're probably in a similar kind of field in terms of talent around it. And I, I think the Jets have probably got the tick in terms of the offensive coaching. So... If I can get Zach Wilson plus for Tua, that's definitely a move I'm doing at the moment. Um, so moving on to the the third quarterback. Uh, so he was the 106 in the NFL draft. And to be honest, I think he was probably going later than that in a lot of rookie drafts last year. I think he was uh, you know, sneaking towards that back end of the first and even in Superflex drafts. Um, it was Justin Herbert. He you know, obviously came out. We weren't expecting much of him. He was pretty criticised by the dynasty community as a whole. Um, we weren't expecting him to start year one. Everybody thought Tyra Taylor was going to spend the entire year playing. And uh, let's just say a, a Chargers doctor had different plans. And obviously we had one punctured lung later. And uh, Justin Herbert had, quite frankly, to me, one of the most impressive rookie quarterback seasons I've seen. Not necessarily from a stats perspective, but I think the situation he was thrown in, you know, finding out, minutes before the start of a game that he was going to start and he just didn't skip a beat he was hugely impressive the whole way through um he's we've talked about it already he's currently going as the qb6 in adp um are you are you comfortable at that price liam do you think he's worthy of being thrown in that top tier or is that too rich for you like you said earlier i i've got a top five tier um or at least the top five in are in a separate tier. Um, I wouldn't say Mahomes is with the rest of them, but I think once you get back past Pres- uh, Prescott, probably at ADP, I don't know who's going as the QB5 at ADP at the moment, but you're probably looking at Mahomes, Allen, Prescott, Murray, and I'm assuming Lamar's going as five or Prescott interchangeable. So, yeah, so Dak, Dak and Herbert are tied for fifth in current ADP. So I would prefer Prescott there. Um, I think QB six, 
is a little bit too rich for me just because if, just copy and paste most of what you said from Burrow to Herbert for me. I'm skeptical because it was such a good rookie season that the hype might be getting too far with it. I do think that he was brilliant and I sold him on an orphan that I took over mid season for something like Nick Chubb and for similar value, Nick Chubb and a piece here or there. Um, and I, I did miss him when he was going off and having great weeks, but I, I think with Herbert, I'm really skeptical on how he's going to do next season. The only thing I would say on him is he's not lost many weapons around him. He lost Henry, but he's got Jared Cook, who is a, a still a good tight end. He's not bad by any means. Uh, he's on the older side, but that that's something else to think about. I think he's only there for a one-year deal, or I can only see him being there for one year. So apart from that, nothing else really changed weapons-wise. He's still got Eckler, he's still got Keenan Allen, still got Mike Williams that we've discussed before. Um, and then you've got the rookie, Josh Palmer, which I think the dynasty community is indifferent on. But the th- Big thing with Herbert is that offensive line got so much better this season. Like, this might be a homer saying, but I've got, uh, they got Corey Lindsley um, in free agency. I would say he's the best centre in the league, or at least he was last season. Um, And that offensive line wasn't great, but it wasn't bad at the same time. It wasn't a Bengal style laughing stock as it was last season. I think with Burrow or with Herbert's fantasy output, I think this year is going to determine how he's going to be for the next three to four years. If he has a a Mayfield-esque drop in production, I think we're going to see him as a middling QB two for the next couple of years. I think if he has another semi-decent year, if not back-end QB one, I think we're going to be seeing him at the current ADP, if not going higher next season. Yeah, I think look, where he's going as QB6 is 100% right. He's, to me, he's the sixth quarterback. I think he's, you know, definitely a tier above, you know, Lawrence, Wilson, Burrow, Fields, Rogers, however you want to rank them. But he's, to me, he's, he's nowhere near that top five. And pe- the fact that people are taking him over Dak Prescott is mind-blowing to me. And this comes back to that age thing. Yes, he's four years younger, but Dak Prescott was the the number one performer when healthy last year. Dak Prescott is a fancy stud that we have seen do it year after year after year, and he's still only 27. Justin Herbert's, yes, was fantastic when he played last year, but has only done it in the rookie year. I think... um, I'm I'm gonna mess up and, and not give it correct credit, but John Paulson at four for four, a couple of years ago, he did a fantastic study into rookie quarterback performance. And basically what he found was that quarterbacks in a rookie year that overperform efficiency stats, so yards per attempt, touchdown rate, that kind of thing, basically regress to a mean the following year. And those that underperform in those stats again regress to the mean. Mm-hmm. 
and everybody kind of plateaus out in that second year. And I think that Justin Herbert was very much above the mean as a rookie. So I am expecting some form of regression in terms of those efficient stats in year two. Um, that being said, I'm, I'm comfortable taking him as that QB6, but I'm just not comfortable paying that price in terms of a trade. I think he's I think he's a hold. Um, yes, he could easily be a, a stud quarterback that I'm building around for the next 15 years. But as I said, I just worry about guys that we've seen 15, 14, 15 games of production and, and we're already putting him as a, you know, elite stud for the for the future. And I think that it sounds ridiculous, but we keep making the same mistake of overhyping these young quarterbacks only for them to to come back and haunt us. And I just worry that that's, that's going to happen with Herbert. I am very excited about that offence. I think, you know, you're hitting it there. They also took the tackle, is it Slater, in the draft as well? Yes, that was um, the name that escaped me. They've got what I think is a fantastic offence coordinator in terms of Joe Lombardi coming on board. And I think that offence could be fantastic. So I am, I am very excited about Herbert. I don't want some people to sit here saying I'm, I'm sitting here slating him, but he's just not in that top five tier for me. And I think that anybody who is drafted in there is reaching based on age, is what I'm basically saying. I suppose you summed up what I was trying to say with my little ramble uh, to start, <laughs> start this off was there's a massive teardrop between QB5 and QB6 and that second tier. I personally have Herbert in the same tier as Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. Same for me. I just can't feel like I can put him in the next tier until I see it next season. And if he does show it next season, then I'm probably going to be all in, but I'm not going to have any shares. Yeah, um, and I think... Because I, I've probably sold at this point. Uh, I, I don't have any shares. I can confirm that. And that, that's because I sold it last season. Yeah, I've I've got a few shares where I... Basically had had a later first in rookie rookie drafts and and was like I'm I'm set in most of those rosters I'm just going to take the potential for highest value and it was Herbert and I was getting him at you know 107 108 109 in a lot of places it was quite ridiculous but I, I've tried to sell him and and you just can't sell him as much as he's going in startups as as the you know some places as the QB three QB four you just can't sell him for that price and I I think that we've you know, we've talked around it a lot and we've talked about it that he is that QB6. I think it's perfect. But to me, if I could have Herbert Burrow, Lawrence, all of them, I think you can throw a hat over them and, and they're pretty much the same. I'd quite happily move back from Herbert to, to a Burrow or a Lawrence if you give me something on top every day of the week. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. So let's move on. We're going to go to Green Bay with the 26th pick of the first round last year. They took Jordan Love, one of the most questionable, controversial picks um, that the draft has seen for, for years, I suppose. Um, and unfortunately, I was on the receiving end of a lot of that as a Packers fan. Um, look, I think Love it was always picked as more as a project, I don't think he was... He was definitely never meant to start last season. And I don't think that he was meant to be starting this season if that is the way that the, the Rodgers um, drama carries out. I think with him, because we haven't seen anything from him, he, he wasn't active in most of the games last year. He didn't even suit up. And we had no preseason. We had no mini camp, training camp, anything like that last season. 
so we haven't seen anything to judge him on at the NFL level. And yes, I'm not saying that preseason training camp, et cetera, is the be all and end all, especially at the NFL level, because there's always a step up. But I think with Love, he's been dismissed so much, but I'm also seeing his price rise up so far because of the Aaron Rodgers drama. I just don't think that Rodgers is going to hold out at all. I think we either get a deal done with him or he's such a competitor that he doesn't hold out. I, I can't see him throwing away a chance to go and get another Super Bowl or if if even try. We've been to the championship game for two years in a row. How many teams actually do that? Yeah, and I, I think... think- I, I struggle with him holding out, and I think that comes back to love. Yeah, and I think for me, I, I've had very strong opinions on Jordan Love over the last six months, and I think that I've been saying for the last six months that he's, to me, the number one buying candidate in Superflex leagues because the Packers don't go out and spend a first-round pick on a quarterback without the intention to use him, okay? He is going to be a starting quarterback at some point in the NFL. As soon as you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, you're worth a first-round pick in Superflex Leagues, okay? Jordan Love is currently worth, what, a late second, a third in some leagues? He's going as the QB 36. So to give you an idea, guys going ahead of him, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ben Roethlisberger, Taysom Hill, Drew Locke, Cam Newton, Jimmy Garoppolo, and then Jordan Love. Those are like potential backups, potential guys that, you know, we could easily see Jimmy Garoppolo, Cam Newton, and Ryan Fitzpatrick benched this season and, and never start again. I can go out and get Jordan Love cheaper than those guys. Okay. I don't think now is the time to go and buy because you've said the Rogers situation, people are already penciling Jordan Love as the p- potential starter in Green Bay. I think Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere. I think he's going to be the starter in in Green Bay. And I think to me, that is then the the time to go and buy. Either Aaron Rodgers is going to move on after this year, the Packers will trade him. They can potentially move on from his contract if they don't extend him. And Rodgers will go and, and play somewhere else and Jordan Love takes over. Or if Rodgers gets his way and Jordan Love is traded, I think Jordan Love is going to get a chance to be a starter somewhere. And I'll be honest, I didn't like Jordan Love coming out. There is no way I'd have taken him anywhere near the first round. I think he is, as you said, a project. And I I didn't like him as a prospect. And and I don't particularly like the player. I'm just talking purely as a value play. I think that Jordan Love is a guy that you can potentially get, let's say, in in a couple of months once Rodgers settles in as, as the starter in training camp and it's all settled down you might be able to get Jordan Love for like a third. If you can get that third, and, and I'm like a 75% sure that Jordan Love's going to get a chance as a starter, at that point, if I can flip him for even an early first, an early second, sorry, that is huge profit I'm getting for rostering a back end of the roster guy. So, you know, I, I like taking punts on as many quarterbacks as I can in super flex leagues, use those bench spots for those quarterbacks. But I really truly believe that Jordan Love is, the kind of guy that could hugely grow in value over the next six to 12 months. Yeah. I, I I get why he's increasing in ADP and in value. Um, 
I think my struggle with it from seeing it from a Packers fan point of view as well is although there's a lot of good news coming out of minicamp, it is only minicamp and we're seeing the dynasty community go and try and get love, which is driving his price up. And as you said, if you'd got him at the start of the off season, he would have been what a third. That yeah. third could oh, have I'm turned fine. into Trask Mills. I, th- I think Mills is the only one that I'd even put anywhere close to love. And even then I'd much rather love over Trask. So the, what what you're saying about taking that punt on players is great. And th- this is obviously talking hindsight 2020 with no one knew that this is going to happen. No one knew that it was going to drop on draft day. And I had to sit through three days worth of discord calls with guys talking about the, the Aaron Rodgers drama while the draft's going on. So <laughs> I think with love as a fantasy prospect, I don't think now is the time to buy, as you said, but he's going to start in the next couple of years. I can't see a first round draft pick not starting in his rookie contract. I think he'll either get traded or Rogers, God forbid, sits out. And I really don't think Rogers sits out. I can't see us trading Rogers until closer to the draft because there's no real gain or benefit to that. Yeah. If you were going to trade him, if you were going to trade him, you'd have traded him two months ago at the draft there's nothing that because you're not trading him now for future draft capital and then you're you're basically a lame duck team because you're a team that's built to win now without a quarterback so there's I just can't see that that's that's a potential that's happening so moving on to the final guy we're going to talk about the quarterback position um so Jalen Hurts he was the 21st pick of the second round by the Eagles um he was supposed to be Taysom Hill light up in Philadelphia. Nobody expected Carson Wentz to, you know, turn into a, a pumpkin to use the phrase again and, and have maybe one of the biggest falls from grace at the quarterback position over the last few years. But he then came in, played, I think four games, was it total? And was fantastic, you know, amazing rushing potential, fairly high passing usage considering the amount he was running with the ball um and could be an absolute stud with that sort of so-called konami code are you a jane hurts believer that he's the real deal and here to stay or or do you think that this is going to be a, a flash in the pan and and the eagles are going to use all that draft capital they've got in next year's drafts to go and find the, the qb of the future i think if we we're on the Merson stock show, as I like to like to think of it, and talking redraft, I would be taking him where he's going right now at QB eleven um, every day of the week. I think that he's going to be brilliant this season. I just question whether he's going to quite carry that on into future years because I don't know what that offense is going to do and how that new head coach and everything is going to pan out. I think with Hertz, he's got that rushing upside, and that is what's bumping up the price. And I don't know how much I'm willing to pay in Dynasty because I don't see him as a long-term starter there. They, I don't think that they ever took him with the expectation of Wentz turning into what Wentz did. Um, and then 
I do think that he's going to struggle at times this season. Like we saw it last season, he had two massive weeks, but he also had a struggling week as well. So I, 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 I think he's kind of like Herbert for me. If he does really well this season, I can see his value going sky high. But I just struggle with that organisation and I don't know how they're going to handle it. I think he is the ultimate boom-bust player. And I think, you know, I, I wrote an article earlier in the off-season about retooling rather than rebuilding and taking, you know, go and take some calculated risks, go and buy some guys that could absolutely blow up in value or, or end up doing nothing. And it pushes you towards either contending or, or re, rebuilding. And I think Jalen Hurts is the number one guy for that at the quarterback position. I wouldn't be shocked if we're sat here in a year's time and we're talking about him in that top five QB tier. I honestly believe that he's got, of anyone probably outside the rookies, he's got the biggest opportunity to break in and be that, you know, QB one, that centrepiece to build your dynasty team around an absolute fantasy stud. But equally, I wouldn't also be shocked if we're talking about him as an absolute stud and, and the Eagles are going to have a you know a top five pick plus potentially two other first round picks and, and go and spend big money to go and bring in a rookie quarterback next year. He has got such a wide range of potential outcomes and I have no idea where he's going to be. If I can get him as, this, this is going to sound ridiculous, but if I can get him as my QB3 on my roster where... I, I'm not relying on him, but if he blows up, I'm absolutely lo- loaded, then I'm incredibly happy. Equally, if I can get him as my QB2 and I've got a Tom Brady or even like a Big Ben, um, maybe a Derek Carr as my, my QB3, so I've got a safe option that I can plug in and play, then I'm probably equally as happy. But if he's my QB1, then um, I'm probably thinking that I'm, I'm not contending this year and I, I might be looking to sell Jalen Hurts. I think the way that I'm drafting in startups at the moment is really dependent on how my QB2 turns out. So I'm probably taking someone in the first round or in that, that first two tiers um, that we spoke about earlier. But then I think QB2 really depends on how you see that position um, in a super flex league, whether you see it as upside or you want that safe floor. I think if you're going safe floor at that second QB point, you need to take high upside QB three or vice versa. And I think if any team takes Hertz as their QB two, which I would probably say is where I take him, um, I wouldn't be taking him as my QB one. Um, I think I've got him in one or two leagues where I got him around QB 15. I think that is where you then need to take a a safer floor guy. And I'm not saying that a safer floor guy, as in take take a Sam Darnold or something along those lines that's like a boring pick. I'm thinking more of a a rookie, I suppose, where I'm trying to get, if he booms, then brilliant. You've got that upside. But if he doesn't, you've still got someone that is going to be starting for the next four years provided that they don't do something absolutely ridiculous and flame out yeah yeah absolutely so moving on to the the tight end position we're going to try and keep this quick because let's be honest it wasn't a very exciting tight end class um so there's only two guys really we're going to talk about um so the first guy was Cole Komet 
Um, so he was the the 11th pick of the second round for what seemed like at the time to be the 50th tight end in that Chicago offense. Um, showed some decent flashes, um, finished as the tight end 43. Um, I'll be honest, I, I went through his kind of weekly performances today for another project I'm working on. Um, and I was a little bit disappointed at how he actually produced. In my head, he was uh, he was much more usable as a fantasy asset last year than he actually was. Um, he's currently going as the tight end 14, um, which seems a little rich. Um, what what do you think on Cole Komet? Do you think he could easily cement himself as a tight end one this year? Or do you think he's, uh, you know, we're buying into that youth a little bit too early? I think we're buying into the youth way too early. I, they haven't got rid of Graham so far in the offseason. And, and now I've said that he's going to happen tomorrow or something stupid like that. Um, but they, they still haven't got rid of Graham, who was a touchdown machine last year, um, for what he did in Green Bay. It, that, it, as in, as a comparison to what he did in Green Bay, I think with the tight end tight end group in to, in general, and taking probably four tight ends, uh, the like the top four. So that's Kelsey Kittle, uh, Waller, and Hawkinson. Uh, probably in that order as well. Maybe throwing pits in there, but I'd have to get a massive value on pits. And then once I get past those five, I'm just completely not taking a tight end and I'm not thinking about it. I, I just don't see the difference in points the same as from those top four, the potential that they have this year compared to everyone else. Last year, I, I think I put out a tweet a couple of weeks ago um, where the difference in points in PPR scoring, the difference between tight end two and tight end three was something like 130 points. The same difference from tight end three would put you at tight end 34 or 33. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I did put out a tweet, so please go and tweet on that if I'm wrong and, and let me know all about it. But that gap to me just signifies there's not much upside in taking a tight end because there's such a gap between the top tier and the rest yeah and it's you know it's back to Merth's you know long-held belief of tight end early on tight end not at all and I think that Cole Komet has has got fantastic upside I think he could be a you know a really good both NFL and fantasy tight end but at that price I'd, I'd rather go and take punts on two, three guys later on. You know, if I can get OJ Howard, if I can get Albert O, if I can get Gerald Everett, those sort of guys, if I'm getting two or three guys for the price that I'm, I'm having to pay to get Cole Komet, then that's probably a move I'm doing. I just don't think at his current price I'm, I'm going and buying. If I've got him on my roster, I'm absolutely holding him. I'm not selling him because I think... He's, he's got that potential. I think he could be a really good option. And, you know, coming on to the next tight end we're going to talk about in Adam Troutman, to be honest, from my point of view, copy and paste everything I said about Cole Komet. But this is a guy that did it even less last year, has basically never produced. Um, you know, this is a guy who was the tight end 57 last year. And we're, he's now being tar- drafted as a, a high-end tight end two. 
and people are saying that he's he's going to be potentially a stud. Yeah, you know, yes, Jared Cook's gone. He, he could be, but yeah, too too rich for me. I, I'm intrigued by the potential. I'm intrigued by the opportunity he has in that offense because after Michael Thomas and Avon Kamara, there's not much. But it's it's nothing more than potential. What what do you think on Troutman? I think that I'm the same with you on that. I don't know how that offense is going to be and I don't know how he's going to perform. Um, we don't know who the QB is. I think everyone's expecting Winston, but I can see some sort of controversy this season where Hill takes a couple of games away. I, I think that offense just has such a wide variety of outcomes that beyond... Michael Thomas and Kamara, I'm probably staying away from the whole thing. Um, unless I really need Winston as a, a QB3 in startups. I think I've seen a lot of tweets about Troutman at the moment with him saying that he's still a still a buy. And at Titan 15, I cannot see how that's a buy. Like I, I know that I've made my thoughts known multiple times about the tight end situation, but a tight end 15 for a guy that hasn't done anything on the field yet. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I can, I can say, sit here and say, I'm very intrigued by the potential, but I feel like I say that about four or five tight ends every year and one or two of them will pan out. You know, we can sit here and talk about Chris Herndon. We can talk about Dawson Knox. We can talk about Ian Thomas. We can talk about, I'm trying to think who else. Um, Schultz, yeah, or Blake we'll, Jarwin, we'll, whichever one you think is going to go with the we'll, one there. Will we'll Disley, you know, these are all guys that have been hyped up over the last couple of years that as young, up-and-coming potential talents that haven't gone on to produce. And it just feels like, yes, Troutman Komet could be studs, but I'd rather take a known commodity in that range if I'm spending on tight end. Give me, you know... Robert Tonyan, Logan Thomas, Hunter Henry, who probably haven't got as high ceilings as, as they've got, but the likelihood of them hitting that ceiling is so much higher than Troutman or Komet, who at best are like 30, 40% chance that they turn into a, a tight end one. Yeah, I, I'm with you and I don't think I've got anything else that's meaningful to add unless you want me to <laughs> ramble and repeat myself. Let's Let's keep it short. <laughs> Is that just because the England game's on in four minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go and watch. Um, but yeah, so that, that concludes the pod. Um, I think, Liam, you've got a an exciting giveaway uh, to talk us through. So Murph has been so kind to give us two spots to give away uh, to the FFCC. And correct me if I'm wrong, Rich, it's the Fantasy Football Champions Cup. Yep, yep. Uh, I couldn't think of it off the top of my head then. I probably should have written it down on the show sheet. Um, so to to enter, what we're, what we're going to do is you've got to follow both myself, that's at the FSA Tweets, Rich at Dynasty Island, and the Five Yard Rush Dynasty, or the Five Yard Dynasty account, so that's at Five Yard Dynasty. And if you send us a DM, what we'll do is we'll put you into hat with whoever else sends us one and we'll pick both winners during next week's pod i think is the plan rich yep so we'll be doing it live that sounds good so 
if you want a spot in one of the best charity leagues there are, please go and do that. So just as a reminder, that is at Dynasty Island, at the FSA Tweets, and at Five Yard Dynasty. Follow them all, DM the Five Yard Dynasty um, account, and we'll put up a tweet on there as well, just to remind you. And we'll pick both winners on the pod next week. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, it's, it's a fantastic tournament. It is a best ball tournament. So once you've draft, you don't need to worry about setting a lineup. So if you're in too many leagues, this won't count as another one. Um, it's designed to raise money for for Unique, obviously the charity we talked about at the top. Um, and to be honest, it is a fantastic format in terms of its 256 teams. It is two weekly matchups against somebody else and it is straight knockout. Um, I think I managed to make it to, to the third stage last year and then bowed out quite quickly I'm, I'm hoping to make it a little bit further this year but it's it's an incredible format it is very challenging you're going up against some of the best names in in the fantasy industry there are some really exciting big names and analysts in it this year you get to go against me and Liam all of the five yard rush guys um yeah so get entering if you're not in it already it's a really good tournament to be in um and just before we go, we talked about at the top that unique giveaway. It's a really big, really exciting thing that we're launching very close to all of our hearts. And to be honest, you can win some fantastic prizes. So get donating, get entering, and we will see you again next week. to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 